Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Fish Tank Guy podcast. I am your freaking fishy host, the Fish Tank Guy. Uh, I know it's been quite some time since I've done a podcast, uh, but uh, I decided to stop wasting my free time on looking at nonsense on my phone. And instead, I'm going to try to be more productive, and I'm starting with recording a podcast right now when I have some free time. So uh, for those of you who still follow the podcast, thank you so much. Uh, hopefully I'm going to get back to monthly podcasts. And I'm actually considering getting some guests onto the podcast, which I think would be cool. Other, you know, mid-tier uh, YouTubers. I don't want to say low tier, right? That's like kind of like mean, right? But I would consider myself kind of low tier in terms of like subscribers. However, I did hit a cool milestone, which was 20,000 subscribers. So for those of you who listen to the podcast and also subscribe to the YouTube channel, thank you so much. That's awesome. 20,000 subs. Uh, working on some uh, cool stuff for the channel right now. I'm going to do a merch video soon, so stay tuned for that. And the thing that I'm working on right now is a full tank series that I'm actually filming and editing ahead of posting. So instead of me doing my normal, like, sporadic posting of videos, I'm actually going to post a video every single week guaranteed for, I want to say, about three to four months, which is really cool. So that's what I'm working on. So... I don't want you to think I'm actually just sitting, like, oh, I'm just oh, I'm working on something. But I actually have something, you know, cooking. I got some cooking, which is cool. So um, how's everybody doing out there? It's actually the end of March now, which means it's nearing the end of snow season. We're supposed to get some snow here um, in good old Erie, Pennsylvania soon. Today is the 31st. I believe, and we might have snow tonight. So we're going to get snow in April, but hey, that's just the way it goes around here. Um, that means that we've got spring coming up. Well, we're in spring, but it's, you know, semi-spring. Today, I'll tell you guys, it was 60 degrees today, and I feel like the warm weather turned everyone's brains into mush because people could not drive to save their lives today. People were driving, like, 15 miles under the speed limit. People were, like, just their car was just, like, sit sitting in the road. They were just parked there, and they were sitting in their car, parked on the road, making everyone go around. It was just, dude, I don't know what's going on. But, yeah, so that was going on earlier today, and... um. But yeah, so we're in spring. Spring is uh, hopefully going to be in effect soon. And then we'll be moving into summer, a.k.a. pool season. Normally, I'd be really not a fan of pool season because of all the maintenance. However, I did get a new filter last year. I think I mentioned this on the podcast. I did get a new filter, and I'm hoping that means I don't have to do as much maintenance this year. So that would be nice. But time will tell. Um, my hopes are not all that high. My my, you know, my hopes and dreams of low maintenance is moderate at best. Um, so you know, what else is going on now in life? Um, well, you know, if you're listening to the podcast, just as a point of reference, uh, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock like three or four days ago. So. <laughs> So if you want to know like when I'm recording this, it's right around that time. Um, that's probably going to stick in everyone's mind because like the coverage. 
Guys, this is just a thing that happens. It's like when I when I speak out loud a lot um, in like a presentation type of voice, which is what I'm doing right now, I tend to yawn. I don't know why. But anyway, so Will Smith slapped Chris Rock a few days ago. Um, you guys already, you don't need any more of it from me. That's just a point of reference for the time period uh, of what's going on now. And uh, also, if you hear any strange noises or beeps or whatever, it's because I'm sitting in my car in a parking lot. So this is my life. This is how I make the podcast happen. And I'm just doing it for you guys, the two or three of you that listen. Uh, just letting you guys know that I, I put in the effort for you guys. Um, so... That being said, the other life update I want to give you guys is that I recently bought a Robo Rock. Now, just the name of it sounds ridiculous because it sounds like it's a rock that's a robot, which would have no purpose whatsoever, other than potentially like being a rock that has like a speaker on it that you could talk to, like Alexa or or Hey Google or whatever. Um, but it's not that. It's actually a vacuum. It's it's the equivalent of a Roomba. So I'm thinking you guys probably know what a Roomba is, but you may have never heard of a RoboRock. But RoboRock is essentially a Roomba. Now, years ago, I'm talking at this point, I'm talking almost 10 years ago, I had a Roomba. And I thought it was really cool. So, oh, this room is so cool, man. It just, you know, bumps into stuff and cleans my carpet. Well, the technology back then was really poor. So essentially, that's all the Roomba did was you would set it down in a room. It would it would drive forward. It would hit something, and then it would like spin around and drive, you know, until it hit something else. And it would like randomly clean your room. And it did a decent job, but more than likely. What would happen most of the time is the outer sections of your room would never get clean near the wall, right? Because it would just be kind of like driving straight to the wall, bump, turn around, go back to the middle. So it would never really go along the wall. And then in addition to that, most of the time it would end up getting stuck on something. You know, it would like suck up a sock or like it would, you know, trip over a cord or something. And it would sit there and try to clean and try to get out until it died, until the battery died. So if you'd come home from work and you'd go to empty your Roomba, it would almost never be at the dock. You'd have to go find it. It would be under a chair somewhere or, you know, next to the sofa or whatever. But years later, I swear guys, years later, I saw a deal for a Robo Rock and I was like, okay, you know, the technology definitely has to be better. Like, let me see what this is about. And I read a bunch of the comments. It was a slick deal. Slickdeals.net, for those of you who don't know, is a great website for finding like deals on random stuff. So I read the comments on the RoboRock, and a lot of people had a good experience with it. And it was a pretty good deal. So I told my wife, hey, this is what it does. Like, you still have to vacuum, like, you still need to vacuum with an actual vacuum. It's not like it's high powered. But, like, it's good to, like, supplement. You know what I mean? Like, if you vacuum your house, like, two, three times a week, most people don't do that. But let's say you do. With the RoboRock thing, you could probably vacuum once a week, you know, or, like, whatever. Like, it does a pretty decent job, okay? So we bought this thing. And I got to tell you guys, I have the S4 Max, by the way, if you're interested. I have the S4 Max. I'll tell you guys. 
this Roborock thing is freaking cool. It's really cool. So essentially what you do to start, it has a bunch of sensors on it. It may have some sort of, um, I don't think it has a camera on it, but it has like some sort of like, you know, sensor, right? Like almost like echolocation or whatever, like a dolphin or a bat where it like, you know, sends out sound or something. I don't know. It doesn't make any noise. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, uh, as much as I'm into computers, I don't know how half the stuff works. But um, so anyway, the way this thing works is I plug the dock in, put it up against the wall in my living room. And then I went around my house and I cleared everything off the floor, right? Like all the just random stuff, like like I said, socks and everything. Most of it wasn't mine, right? But like socks and whatnot. And then I opened the doors to all the rooms in the house that I wanted the robot vacuum to consider cleaning, right? So I left the kids' doors closed. I left the kids' bathroom closed. There's always like crap all over the floor in there. That thing would suck up stuff and get, you know, jammed up or whatever. I don't want to deal with that. So essentially, I left open the kitchen, the dining room. It's going to be kind of an open floor plan. So it was like the living room, kitchen, dining room. The laundry room has a door on it. So I left that door open. Um, off an office, which is kind of part of the open floor plan, and the master bedroom. I left that door open. And what you do is you say, okay, I want you to fully discover the house. And what it does is it rolls around as it's vacuuming and it maps out your entire house. And you can even see where like the legs of the chairs are. And like if you have chairs that can go under, it shows you where the legs are of those chairs. And it shows the sofa and the love seat and like the doorways and any little like my fish tank. You can see where the fish tank is. It can't obviously can't clean there. It does this. It maybe takes it. You know, it takes it a lot longer to discover your house the first time. So it'll probably clean for about two hours. It'll send itself back to the dock because its battery is dying. It's that smart. It goes back to the dock. It takes a nap for a while. And then it comes back to life. And then it goes to the other parts that are yet undiscovered. It's like a, uh, it's like, you know, the robot version of like Christopher Columbus if America was your house. But, as I do this analogy, I know that there's like a bigger story behind Christopher Columbus. I don't want to get into that. So let's just, let's just look at it this way. It's kind of like if you, um, uh, no, I don't want to do them. The analogies that I'm coming up with are not very good, so I'm not going to do them, but it's basically just like, it's like a small child learning its surroundings in robot form. Right? So after it makes the entire pass through your house, you literally have a map on your phone. That's your house, right? That are all the rooms. And then you can draw little lines on the map and you can say, this is the kitchen. This is the boundary for the kitchen. This is the boundary for the living room. This is the boundary for the master bedroom. And then on a schedule, you can say, hey, Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays, I want you to clean the living room and the dining room. And Tuesdays and Thursdays, I want you to clean the laundry room, the hallway, the kitchen, and the master bedroom. I'm just making stuff up, right? And this robot will freaking come on, do its thing. You can tell it what time to do it. It'll do its thing, and it'll go back, and it'll charge itself every day. It's pretty incredible. The only thing you have to do is empty the dustbin. That's the only thing you have to do. And it'll even tell you when the dustbin's full. It'll be like, hey, I've had enough come empty the dustbin right it's really awesome it's freaking amazing 
if you have a birthday coming up or some other special occasion and you want your spouse there to get you something kind of cool because if you're under 30, you're not going to care about this. You're not old enough yet. If you're 30 or older, you're going to think this thing is the bomb, right? So if you got a spouse, if you got a boyfriend or girlfriend, if you're single, uh, doesn't matter. If you're single, ask your parents, ask your siblings, be like, hey, for my birthday, I want a Roborock S4 Max. And they're going to be like, why do you want that? And say, don't worry about it. It's my birthday. I can want what I want. Uh, it's not too weird. And it's going to help me uh, clean my house better. Yeah. So that thing is awesome. This is not a paid advertisement. I wish it was. Roborock, if you're listening, hit me up. But um, Roborock is definitely not listening. Um, but yeah, so that thing is really cool. I, I, I love it. Like I love the fact that we're like, okay, clean the master bedroom. And you hit the button and you sit there and watch it and it rolls across the living room. It goes in between the couch and the chair, like knows its way, right? It, it, is, it knows the path and it goes right into the bedroom and then it cleans it cleans it and then it uh comes back when it's done and it takes a nap yeah it's kind of like me when i vacuum right i do vacuum and then uh, i walk back to the sofa and i take a nap that's not usually what i do but it's just whatever okay so that's my life update um i don't know how interesting that was for some of you hopefully uh it was interesting a little bit maybe you're interested in a roborock now so, okay, let me give you guys a fish tank update because this is the Fish Tank Guy podcast. I know that I do a pretty uneven uneven balance of fish talk and non-fish talk, but I feel like I've listened to a couple fish talk podcasts and they are really, really not that intriguing. <laughs> no offense no offense to anybody, but like as much as I love fish tanks, you can only talk about fish tanks so much. Like, there are people who do our podcast every week about fish tanks. And it's like, I don't really, I mean, you got to be really into it. You know, you got to be re- you got to be freaking really into it to listen to somebody talk about fish tanks for an hour every week and keep it interesting, which is part of the battle, right? So anyway, uh, tank updates. So the BioCube is looking much better now. You guys know I was dealing with green hair algae for quite some time. And I was struggling with getting rid of it. I um, I ended up kind of doing a soft reboot on the tank a couple months ago. That definitely helped. And then I purchased an algae turf str- turf scrubber from Santa Monica Filtration. It was the Drop Point Six. Put that in the tank. Tank has been great ever since. Um, the last round right here, it was. It's been six weeks since I did a water change. I had a little bit of green hair algae, but it it like. I, I took a brush and it came right off the rock like it was barely hanging on. And I opened up the ATS, the algae turf scrubber, and it had a bunch of algae on the screen in there. So it's working, which is amazing. So I'm really happy about that because it wasn't cheap. Um, but I got to a point where it's like, you know, I'm either going to figure out a way to fix this tank or I'm going to get rid of it because it's more stressful and it's like more frustrating than it is enjoyable. And at that point, it's time to get rid of it, right? But now it's starting to become enjoyable again. And the tank looks nice. And I can put coral in there. And I don't have to worry about them getting overrun with GHA and stuff like that. So that's a really, uh, I'm really happy to give you guys that update. That that ATS actually worked for me. Um, so what else do I got going on? I have a frag tank. The frag tank is, uh, you know, it's okay. I don't really do a whole lot with it other than maintain the corals that are in it. Uh, So it's doing fine. 
Uh, the Fluval Evo that I have is uh, amazing. It's my favorite tank right now. Uh, I keep it very clean. I do a water change once every two weeks, sometimes once a week. Um, I had a scare with that tank, which is going to be my fish tank topic of the podcast today. Uh, I'll talk to you about that in a little bit. But right now, I have a lot of awesome coral in it. I actually put some new coral in it. Um, that uh, I'm kind of using the Evo as a temporary home for a few pieces of coral that I'm going to be putting in the five-gallon portrait reef tank. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. That is the series that I'm working on. Um, I'm working with the Marineland Portrait Five-Gallon Aquarium. Um, I think I'm calling it, I think I'm calling the series Portrait Five-Gallon Reef. I think that's what I'm calling it. And the last time I tried a five-gallon, last time I tried a five-gallon tank, it didn't work so well. Uh, this time I'm going to do things differently. But the interesting about interesting thing about this tank is that it is natively built for freshwater application. So I'm making some changes to the tank and turning it into a saltwater aquarium, which is really exciting. So um, right now, I'll just let you guys know kind of briefly that the tank is up and running and it's cycling. It has sand in it and a rock in it and that's it. And that is going to be the video series that I'm going to be posting to my channel every week over the course of three to four months once I am finished with the series. So look forward to that. Um, I hope you guys uh, may consider even joining me in that journey by getting the tank yourself and you know, building your own saltwater reef with that portrait five gallon tank. I think it's a really cool aquarium to have like on a desk, um, you know, maybe the end of your counter in a kitchen. Um, it's not going to be like this crazy big showpiece, but I think that if we do it right, um, it might be a really cool little slice of the ocean. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that is that tank update. So those, those are my updates for my tanks. Um, if I think of anything else, I'll let you guys know. Um, oh, on the five-gallon tank, I actually bought the newer version of the Aquanite light, which I have uh, done an unboxing for on my channel. If you guys haven't seen that, check that out. That is a really nice light, um, especially for the money. Um, so uh, I'm really excited to be using that, and I'm really interested to see how well it does on the portrait five-gallon reef. So, okay, uh, up next. So now we're going to get into non-fish tank stuff again, only for about, you know, five to seven minutes here. First, I'm going to do a brief video game update. What am I playing lately? Me and my best friend, Mike, are back to Fortnite and Apex Legends again. Like, we go through this cycle. Like, you know, we leave one of the games and we come back to it. And I found that if I don't overkill it on either of them, I still enjoy playing them. So basically when we play at night, we split our time. We play half Fortnite and we play half Apex, and it's kind of a good mix, and both games stay interesting. So other than that, I don't have really a lot of updates. Um, I think I told you guys on the last podcast that I played Hades a ton for the Xbox. I finally managed to peel myself away from it, even though it's an incredible game. Um, I did buy it for the Switch. I haven't played it for the Switch too much. Um, I tried the demo for the new Kirby game on the Switch. I thought it was really cool and interesting. It's a very cutesy type game, but it's one of those like relaxing, chill type games. So uh, I might consider picking that up. Although Nintendo with their $60 price tag on everything kind of hurts sometimes. So I might be a little hesitant to get it right away, but maybe down the road I'll get it. So, um, okay. 
Now, let's move on to um, five movie reviews in five minutes or less. I'm going to keep it under five minutes because I got a hard cut off in half an hour. So, um, anyway, okay, we got the wide gambit of movies this time around. All right, the first movie, oh, boy, the first movie, The Matrix Resurrections. I'm sure you guys have heard reviews. Maybe you've seen it. Action movie uh, came out in 2021. I watched it back in December. I was really, really looking forward to this movie because I love The Matrix and Reloaded and Revolutions. I watched all three of them before it came out with my wife because she didn't remember the second two quite as well. Um, She actually thought they were all okay too. She remembered being disappointed by two and three, but when she watched them again, she she thought they were better than she remembered, which is what I feel like most people think of or, well, let me say this. Let me say this. I think that's a conclusion that many people come to, right? And after you watch Resurrections, if you go back and watch Reloaded and Revolutions, you'll really think they're not that bad because Matrix Resurrections was not good. It was not good. Um, you know, I was really hopeful that, you know, they would, they would, I don't know. I don't know. I was really hopeful they would knock it out of the park. Like the trailer was pretty good. And when you watch the trailer and you watch the movie, all of the best parts of the movie were in the trailer. And when I say all the best parts, I mean all of the best parts of the movie were in the trailer, which is really sad. Um, the storyline was goofy. It, it didn't make sense. It was unnecessary. The action scenes were pretty terrible considering the action scenes in the first three movies were some of the best action scenes, um, in movies in the last, you know, however long it's been 20 years or whatever. Uh, it was not good. I only gave it a C minus. Okay. I would probably give it a lot lower if I wasn't such a Matrix fan. I liked some of the ideas in the movie. I liked some of the the continued lore and the continued, you know, story of the Matrix. But oh man, it was really disappointing. So I gave it a C minus. Alright, I gotta tear through these next ones because I took too long on that one. Um, next movie, Mr. Holland's Opus. If you've never seen it, it came out in the year 1995. Uh, watched it with my family because they had not seen it, and that is an A movie for me. It's just a movie about this guy who's really well trained in music. He wants to be a composer, but he's having a hard time making it, and he ends up becoming a high school music teacher. And at first, he hates it, um, but as time goes on, he learns to love it, and it becomes his entire life. And uh, it's just a really great movie. Um, Mr. Holland's Opus. You should watch it. Um, I think it's on Disney Plus, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, next is Don't Look Up. Uh, it's a drama. Came out in 2021. Has Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence. A lot of people didn't like this movie. They thought it was a little too heavy-handed in its message about the fact that we as a society just kind of ignore science. We make memes out of everything. We, we you know, we think everything's a joke. Um, I thought it was okay. My wife enjoyed it more than I did. I gave it a B minus. Not, not, not terrible, not great. Uh, B minus. Um, then I watched another movie called No Exit. is a horror movie. Um, came out just this year, 2022. Uh, it was basically about some strangers being, um, they're, they're stuck in the blizzard at this, like, you know, like, um, 
I don't know, like ranger station or something like that. And they basically find out that they're, one of the vehicles in the parking lot has a kidnapped kid in it. And then they're like, okay, who kidnapped this kid? And it just devolves into this crazy, you know, people getting killed and everything. It was okay. I would say it was worth watching once. There were some pretty, like, like, ooh, like, hard to watch, like, gory scenes in it. Not, like, not, like, crazy, crazy, but just, I don't, just, like, I don't know, little things, like, whatever. I gave it a C. Uh, It wasn't bad. And last but uh, definitely not least is Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, For those of you who live under a rock, that is the newest Spider-Man movie that brings back Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield from the previous Spider-Movies, all three Spider-Men on scene, on screen at the same time. It brings back uh, villains from the old movies as well. Maybe I'm spoiling this. Sorry, it's been too long. You should have seen it at this point if you really wanted to see it. Um, I thought the movie was really awesome. I gave it an A minus. Some people might think that's blasphemy. Oh my gosh, how could you get that movie an A minus? That was incredible. It was the greatest movie of all time. Well, I thought it was really good, but I thought um, I thought there were a few things about it that were lacking, and what really kind of damaged it for me was the ending. Um, I don't want to give away the ending, but let me just say it this way. I feel like the ending was the result of lazy writing in that all the action was building, right? Everything was building up all this, like, this culmination got to a point where it's like, you know, how are they going to get out of this? How, you know, they're like, they're screwed at this point. What are they going to do? And at the end of the movie, they basically used a very convenient they use a very convenient device or I don't know what you call it, like driver or something, you know, they used a very convenient plot item. Some, I don't know. It was very convenient. Just be like, well, you know, we're screwed. And because we're screwed, let's just snap our finger and then everything will be fine. Right. And that's kind of what they did. And I thought it was a cop out and I was just like, ugh, like, I don't like this trend where, movies introduce like I'm just gonna say it they introduce like magic elements and then just when everything gets out of hand they're like oh well let's just use magic and then it'll be fine right and they just use magic to me that's like lazy writing you know what I mean like when you can just explain something away because you you made up this fictional thing that you can explain it away with like I don't know I'm not a fan of it so that's why I gave don't get me wrong I thought it was a good movie um, a minus is a good rating, right? For me, but it wasn't the best. Yeah. So, okay. There are my five movie reviews in seven minutes or less. Cause it wasn't five minutes or less. Sorry. All right. So let's talk about the fish tank topic of the podcast. Uh, I don't like to say of the week or the month. I don't do the podcast weekly. I don't even do it monthly. So I'm just going to say the fish tank topic of the podcast. Um, it's going to kind of be, it's, well, I always say it's going to kind of be brief, but I'm going to try to keep it brief. So I'm going to tell you guys a real, uh, short version of a story that happened with my Fluval Evo. Okay. So roughly six weeks ago, I was cleaning my Fluval Evo and I had some, you know, cyanobacteria building up and I was like, I need to do a really good I need to do a really good job of cleaning this time. 
So I'm going to try to move rocks around a little bit, you know, siphon the sand underneath the rocks, um, see if I get any extra detritus and stuff like that. So I'm, you know, cleaning, moving the rocks around, whatever. Um, and then I, after I've drained out the water, I replace it with new water and turn on the pumps. And within 10 minutes, everything in the tank looks incredibly awful. Like everything. Almost everything. I will come back to that in a second. But everything in the tank looks awful. My lobo, my lobophilia, uh, it, all, it has like these tentacles coming out of it that I later learned are like defense mechanisms for it. Um, all of my A-cans were incredibly shrunken and almost dried up. My, um, my candy cane coral looked absolutely terrible. Um, all my zoas had closed up. My fathead dendro basically dried up. Um, everything looked really bad. And I could not wrap my head around it. I was like, what happened? Like this tank was doing really, really good. And now all of a sudden it's doing really, really bad. And I just don't understand. Right. So, um, you know, I started going online and doing research and reading and, you know, I started thinking, okay, well, this is the first time that I've really left the new salt water out in a bucket. I left the water out and maybe it got contaminated in some way, you know, maybe, uh, something got sprayed in it, some cleaner or something. And I was very fixated on the bucket of water. That's what I was fixated on. Okay. I was like, okay, I changed out this water. It's gotta be what it was. So, you know, as I'm looking online, I decide like, okay, I'm going to go on, um, like reef to reef.com. I'm going to post a, a topic about this, see what anybody has to say. So I post it, you know, I'm getting a lot of feedback. People are saying like, okay, you listed your levels, but you didn't list all your levels. What are all your levels? And I'm like, what levels do you want? Right. Oh, oh, what's your calcium? What's your magnesium? What's your alkalinity? It's like, okay. Yeah. I don't think that's it, but, um, yeah, I don't really test for those things. Um, and I said, like, do you think like that would cause such a drastic change in coral like that? Well, you know, and I've had this topic on the podcast before, uh, and I've never like directly experienced it in this way. The level of freaking high and mightiness, like turn your nose down on somebody responses that I got in this message board were unbelievable. Uh, they were like, well, you know, maybe it wasn't this, but if you're not checking al alkalinity and calcium and magnesium, your corals are getting hurt and they're not getting the food that they need. And this is what can happen. And it's like, yeah, okay. Like, did you even read what I wrote? It's like, I mainly have soft corals in the tank. Soft corals don't rely on calcium, magnesium, and alkalinity to the same level that SPS and hard corals do. I mean, they need it, yeah, but they're not sucking it out of the water at the same rate that SPS coral do. And if I'm doing a water change every week or every two weeks, I'm replenishing everything that they need. And you know how I know? Because I've had the tank up for over a year and it's doing amazing, right? So at one point, uh, you know, I wrote back like, could this, like, and I was trying to play into egos here. I was like, 
I actually directly messaged a guy. I was like, hey, it seems like you have a lot of experience and you, you know, you might have a good idea of what's going on. And I explained the issue to him and I still get the same response from him. Right. Like he like he kind of agrees with me like, yeah, that might not be it. But but you should really do that. You know, like, oh, my gosh, dude, like relax, you know. So I was really frustrated. I was really frustrated. And at this point, I was like, you know, I think I'm just going to do another water change. I think it had to do with the water. I'm fixated on the water. Right. That's what it is. So I did another water change. I cleaned the bucket out. I made I filled the actual bucket with RODI water, made sure the TDS was still at zero once the bucket was completely full. And then I mixed my salt water to make sure that there was nothing contaminating my water. Okay, so I'm going to do a water change and I'm looking around a little bit more. I got a couple more responses on the message board. Couple of nonsense, no, no value whatsoever. Freaking answers, right? Because let me let me tell you guys this. Tell me what you think. I don't know how you tell me this. You can comment on my YouTube videos, or you can send me an email or something. But like, tell me if this makes sense to you. Okay. I've had this tank for a year. Nothing. Have had no problems. Okay. I do water changes regularly, every week or two. I have many different coral in my tank. Many different coral in my tank. Now, does this sound like an alkalinity calcium magnesium problem? Okay. I do a water change, and immediately after the water change, within 10 to 15 minutes, almost every single coral inside the tank is closed up, covered in slime, you know, looks awful. Do you think that poor calcium, magnesium, and alkalinity levels would hit every coral at the same time within 10 to 15 minutes? Yeah, I don't think so, right? And this is why this is why I do a YouTube channel. This is why I do a podcast because I like to encourage people who want to give this hobby a try to freaking give it a try, right? But I'm telling you right now, Sometimes when you even go to your local fish store, they'll make you feel like an idiot for not knowing what you're doing. And it really sucks. Um, and I really don't like it because it's happened to me a couple times and I'm thick skinned enough where, you know, and I'm like, I'm kind of a know-it-all sometimes, right? I don't know if you can tell by the tone of my voice. I try not to be, right? My wife says, like, whatever. Um, no, come on, man. Just leave me alone. Um, but like, I, I wouldn't even say a no at all, right? It's like when I learn about something, I really go all in and I try to learn about it. And I'm very logical in my approach. So when people are like talking down to me and like, well, why would you do that? It's like I take it with a grain of salt because, you know, and, and don't don't get me wrong. I've listened to the advice of many people. There are many nice people out there too. But for the people that are like on their high horse and they're like, they can't believe that I did something a certain way. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, like I don't let it get to me. And I feel like, unfortunately, a lot of people who are starting out in the hobby, they don't have that convenience because they, you know, they haven't necessarily done all the research. They haven't learned a lot yet. So when people like kind of talk down to them or make them feel stupid, like it's easy for them to feel stupid, right? I don't know. Anyway, so I do a little more searching and I stumble upon this random thread on a message board. 
about palytoxins. Now, I had looked up palytoxin before because I have pallies in my tank. And every single article that I found about palytoxins um, was about sending people to the hospital and people getting sick and people throwing up and people getting headaches and all this other stuff. But I never found anything about how palytoxin affects your actual tank when it happens until I stumbled upon this post by this guy who posted like almost 10 years ago now. He had a 300-gallon tank and he had pallies in his tank and he basically upset them and they pretty much wiped out everything in his entire tank. 300 gallons, 300-gallon reef tank, wiped out everything. So as I get to the end of the article or the post, he goes... Yeah, so if you have brown button pallies, be warned. And I read through some of the responses, and people were like, yeah, brown button pallies, I have them, they do the same thing. Like, I can't believe fish stores sell them. They like they shouldn't sell them without telling you this could happen. Like, uh, this is a real big problem that few people know about and few people experience, but when they experience it, they cr- their whole tank crashes. So I go, brown button pallies? Dude, what are brown button pallies? And I started to get this feeling where I was like, I kind of know what they are, but I'm not sure. So I type it into Google, and I get an image that pops up. And once you know, the brown button pallies are the same pallies that I have in my tank on the front rock that I was moving around with the gravel vacuum to vacuum under, pushing the rock around, pushing into the flesh of the brown button pallies, to move this rock around. And that's what killed this guy's tank. And everything started to click in my head because it's like, you know, what would have gotten to my water, right? That was just a theory. What would have gotten to my water was so bad that it would, like, kill everything in my tank, like, immediately. Like, unless somebody dumped bleach in there, right? Like, what could that have been? And then when I said earlier, like, almost every coral looked terrible, I look back on a video where I was kind of like panning across my aquarium. Every coral in the tank looked terrible or closed, except, yeah, you guessed it, the pallies. The pallies were just freaking blowing in the breeze. They were having a good old time. So, yeah, so it was the brown button pallies. I immediately took the rock out of the tank, put it outside um, because they can't emit gases or whatever that can't make you sick. So I just took it out, put it outside. Uh, I found another small rock to go in its place. I did my big water change. I ran double bags of carbon. And miraculously, I saved everything. Everything came back. My loba was down to the skeleton. Like, there was skeleton poking out all over the loba. And it has come back. The coloration of it is a little different. Um, Maybe it'll get its original coloration back. I don't know. But I basically got every coral back. So... This go this this is just a word of caution for everybody out there with a reef tank. If you have brown button pallies, they're brown looking pallies. They're gonna be real cheap when you go to the fish store or the coral store. Avoid them. They're not worth it. Some people never have any problems with them, but if you have a really nice tank, you don't wanna be the you don't wanna be in the group of people that do have problems with them because it'll hurt everything in your tank. It took forever, but my fathead dendros came back. 
Um, that was the coral I was most crushed about because I bought that coral for like 30 bucks years ago. And it's so rare that you, you have to spend over a hundred dollars to get one head online. And I was like absolutely devastated that I had killed that coral and it came back. Like if there's a silver lining in all this, it's it. Everything came back. And I learned a big lesson, right? From the freaking Palithos. Um, but yeah, it was a crazy, it was a crazy, like I know, I know this sounds like really weird, but it was a crazy like two days of me like freaking out, like what is going on, like racking my brain, reading these message board posts from these, whatever they are, like all these reefing experts, right? They were giving me no advice. They weren't like being useful or helpful in any way. They were just telling me how I was doing everything wrong, right? And here I find out from some guy right who was just like hey just want to let people know this can happen what happened to my tank so it was quite the journey it was definitely quite the journey so um that that brings the end of the fish tank topic of the podcast and it also brings the end of the podcast um i would like to thank you uh guys and ladies for um listening i really appreciate it uh, let's throw out a wawa wee wah because we, I feel like we had a good podcast. Um, I hope everything is going good for you guys. I hope uh, you're enjoying spring. I hope you're getting nicer weather. If you're in a climate where you get crappy weather in the, in the winter, like me, um, if you are in the South or in the West brace for impact because the heat wave is coming, uh, otherwise known as summer and, yeah, like I hope you guys, uh, if you have fish tanks, I hope you're doing a good job keeping up with them. Um, if you are if you find yourself struggling to do water changes and if you find yourself struggling to like dedicate enough time to your fish tank, take a step back and look at how much time you're spending on your phone. Because I did that a few weeks ago. I don't spend a ton of time on my phone, but I did put like, because I have an Android, so I put like a time tracking thing on there and it's like, I think it was like two hours, right? Like a day, like around two hours. And it's like, yeah, some of it, I'm just checking in between things, but it's like, you could do a lot with two hours a day other than looking at memes, right? And reading about stuff that doesn't really matter. Like think about how nice your fish tank would be if you spent 20 minutes a day on it, 20 minutes a day. And I'm spending hours on my phone. So like if you're finding, you know, it difficult, to find time to work on your fish tank, just take a step back and like, take a look at like where you're actually spending your time and like, you know, tell yourself, you know, ask yourself, it's like, is this valuable to me? Like if being on your phone is valuable to you, that's fine. Like you can do whatever you want. But like, if you take a step back and you go, is being on the phone valuable to me? Or would I feel a better sense of accomplishment and like more rewarded if my fish tank looked great? You know what I mean? And when people came over to my house, they were like, wow, this is incredible. Instead of like, oh, that looks okay because it's got like green hair algae and crap all in it, right? Like it's just something to consider, you know? Like I feel like we're all, we're all as a society just getting sucked into the phones. Like hopefully you guys like aren't listening to this on your phone. Hopefully you're like listening to it while you drive or something like that because I'm just like perpetrating the bad, the bad like uh, entertainment consuming factor of the internet. But like, like, I don't know. It's just something to consider. Um, I noticed that I was spending more time on my phone than I wanted. Like I'm okay with spending some time on it, but like there gets a point where it's like, I don't want to spend that much time on it. 
Um, and I diverted some of that time away from my phone to my fish tanks, and I'm much, much happier with them. I feel a lot better about them. And I have, like, a renewed sense of, like, drive and motiv motivation to keep them going, um, you know, and keep adding coral and, 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 and do fun things with them. So, all right, that's all I've got uh, for for today. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Sorry I rambled on. This was over 45 minutes, but you know how the fish tank guy do it. He's a big-time rambler and all that. So, um, anyway, I uh, hope you guys have a good rest of your week. A uh, good month ahead. Hopefully, I will see you in a month. And, um, yeah, good looking out. Take care of yourselves. And uh, until a future Fish Tank Guy podcast, I'll see you guys soon. <laughs> all right, see you. Bye, everybody.